Welcome back, everyone, to At HGO Football. We, we, well, rather than diving through World Cups or uh, football on film, we're actually looking at the old printed press, the best football books around. Uh, we're joined by a fantastic author. Let's, I think, what, at what level do you reach esteemed author? I definitely think it's post a couple of books. So we're, we're there with our guest, uh, Daniel Hurley. Before we throw it to Dan, um, Andrew, Got your got your irons got your irons uh, shirt out. You know you you, you, you we 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 don't mind the West Ham, do we? Well, I, I was going to say like we would go straight off the bat. I mean, I'm not sure about you, Tom, but I've, I've definitely got a soft spot for the Hammers. I know I know over the years you've you've sort of been a bit skeptical of that, but um... well, I, I, well, I think it's just one of those things that like you you know as Arsenal fans we grow uh, a certain <laughs> level of you know, hate is a very strong word, but a certain distaste for other teams in London, you'd yeah. say. And yeah. West Ham definitely aren't one of those because you know there isn't the the rivalry. So so with, without further ado, um, Dan, are you well? I'm well, thank you. Yourself? Very well, thank you. Very well, thank you for jumping on and joining us. I did say to the fact that we've got Dan on, I think at least a couple of books, but we're we're here today to talk about um, your latest, your greatest, the games that made us. Um, what's your thirty second first of all summary before we dive a little bit deeper into it for the listeners? Um, the idea of it is, I've been a fan for thirty years, um, hence with the idea of writing a book, uh, but rather than writing a um, a list book of 50 best as Arsenal fans you'll probably know we haven't been good enough to probably knock out 50 best I thought I'd try and tell the story of the club also my fandom through the 50 most important games so games that you know might have been a heartbreaking defeat or even a game of a new era or or a great win but things that I think would uh, resonate with not just West Ham fans, but hopefully football fans all around. So. No, I think I, I, I think I was talking to Tom off air just before we jumped on this evening, and I think it's definitely a concept that all football fans, you know, even if you're not a West Ham fan, you can definitely sort of relate to this book. Really, I mean, Tom and I have been Arsenal fans for near and near on three decades ourselves, and um, it's just a really great concept, you know, to sort of look back over the years at some of the games that changed the club, but also personal reasons as well, which I really liked about about my flick through that I've had just briefly. <laughs> This evening, got my hands on a copy. Listeners won't be able to see, but it is there, Dan, isn't it? <laughs> That's great. Um, Thank you. So, um, and actually, the first flick through that I had, it really weirdly took me to a game that you played against the Arsenal back in two thousand and uh, back in two thousand and two at home in the two yeah. two game. Um, but um, just that out was of actually my inspiration for the book. Oh really? I was, oh, really? I was, yeah. I was actually I was actually going to ask you, yeah, like uh, maybe a bit earlier actually than than planned. Um, why? Why that? Why that game in particular for the for the book? Um, for people who don't know, um, Arsenal came into it as champions and lost away the entire season before. Uh, we'd had a really poor start. We lost four 0 at Newcastle on the opening day, um, and we played for sixty five minutes of that game against the defending champions, Arsenal. We were magnificent. Two uh, 0 up, thoroughly deserved. If anything, could have been more. Game got back to 1 through Thierry Henry, doing what Thierry Henry so often did. A great goal. And then we had a penalty with, I think, eight minutes to go. Um, Freddie Canute, who was a very good forward for us. Um, never a pen. Never a pen. Oh, it was. <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> Joe Cole. It's funny enough as well, as Joe Cole won the penalty. And it was his, probably his best game for us, I would say. Soft, that was um, soft. Absolutely ran the show. And um, Canute scored that, and we'd have beat the defending champions, first home game, we've been off to the races. He missed. We didn't win a home game till February. Mm. 
and uh, we're bottom in the league. I think we're about twelve points from twenty games after it. And just kind of it, it kind of started off a sequence where everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. Mm. So. I mean- Actually, when, when when I looked at the, the sort of the time span of this book, really, it's I did I, I I had to sort of stop really and reflect on the amount of ups and downs and turmoil and ecstasy that that football club have had in that thirty year period. Um, sort of tick every box, don't they? Relegation, European adventures, sort of like sort of constantly um, flirting with relegation at times. Um, How has it been for you as a fan, Dan, for the stress levels? Um... It's been fun, mostly. Uh, there's been some, a lot of comedy. Um, I think there's a couple of times I reference in the book when I'm just summing up like a marquee signings career. And it's like, it's amazing how often just writing down the career of someone that played for us sounds like a joke. Mm. Which is, um, yeah. you know, players we've built the team round and then they've gone back four months later to their parent club, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's well, I don't know anything different. I imagine probably being an Arsenal fan has been more fun. Um, but it's all, it's all relative, isn't it? I guess as well. well you're right. And what I really like about, you know, the book, and Andrew and I were again sharing off, like, you know, offline before, is that like it's in the insight that only a fan can bring that certain individual games or moments do have such wide reaching implications, whether it be a season or longer. Um, and And I think when you look outside, um, any football club you know unless you are a fan of that football club or involved in it heavily you don't know what those moments are um, you do from the outside you, you know I have no clue that you know I have no clue that that sparked a such a, a winless streak at home um, you know if you get over the line like you said against Arsenal defending champions that could that could spark the opposite and have a, a phenomenal run at home in the early early part of the season and and for me those moments that really have a far bigger impact than people are ever aware of. And sometimes you go on and change football history. I know I'm an Arsenal fan and I do mention it a few times, but Arsenal uh, in the 1999 campaign where United obviously go on and win the treble. So that is clearly known and will forever be known in football annals of history. People don't understand how close Arsenal were to winning the double that year in back-to-back doubles. We won the yeah. double in 98. And then in 99, you have Bergkamp missing that penalty in the semi-final against uh, Man United. And we also only, con- that league campaign, we only concede 17 league goals. 17 in the whole Didn't league. Didn't and we know. don't win the league. And we, win, yeah. and we lose out in the league by one point. And, and, you know, and yet Man United rightly and deservedly go on and win the treble and that doesn't change anything. But... If Burkamp scores that penalty, Arsenal almost certainly win the double that year. And it's yeah. just, again, it's a moment that changes football. And that's what's fantastic about, you know, the games that made us and, and West Ham is that you there are moments that go on and change the course of a club for a few years or, or certainly a season or a run of form. And that's what's really interesting. Yeah. Well, as, as a writer and writing it, that was something that... Um kind of attracted me to the idea of it. Like I said, rather than just 50 best or 50 best players... For me, anyway, there's only so many different times I can write, and we won, yay. You know what I mean? Like, I found it much more interesting to actually write something that, I, in my mind, was important. And quite frankly, sometimes maybe it's just a bit of my humour, but I think it's a lot easier to write about um, like a bad defeat. Like, one of the games is a 6 0 defeat against Man City in the League Cup semi final, mm-hmm. which was probably the easiest game I wrote about because it's, for me, it was just much easier to just kind of get comedy and anger on a page. <laughs> I was going to say, my, my next question was actually, what was the, what was the hardest chapter to write? Uh, the FA Cup final. Hmm. Um, I actually say in the book, 
one of the um, greatest one of the greatest finals yeah it? yeah for everyone that's not a supporter of us um but i actually say in the book because obviously before i wrote about each game of the search here watch highlights and that's the first time i'd ever watched highlights of the game from 2006 till when i wrote about it a year or so ago whenever it was um which was it's funny because I also referenced it was a brilliant day. It's one of my favourite games I've ever been to. It was an absolute yeah. lifelong dream. But you wouldn't, and, yeah, yeah. You're right. Arsenal losing the Champions League final as a yeah. day. As a day, I remember it so vividly. It was magical to show it with my that family. Was, like the, was that the same year? I think that same was the year, same 2006, year. Wasn't it? 2006. Yeah. Um, but I've, no, I've never seen the game back. You know, no. as much as as much as I loved and enjoyed enjoying that moment, I didn't get to go to Paris. But I remember watching it with my brother and my father. Like I, would, I can't watch the game back. Do you know what I mean? No. It's weird. Uh, yeah, I, I say, I say in the book, I've got over everything else, relegations, whatever. I've never got over that. So mm. actually writing that was um, probably, it was the one I, I knew I'd write about. But I was kind of dreading writing about it, which is quite weird because I could have just not wrote about it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, But it, it felt like, it was the one time it felt like an essay I had to do at university or something. Yeah, mm. cathartic mm. experience. And obviously, yeah. and obviously, the the time period that that sees the end of Upton Park, um, and to the to the Olympic Stadium, as you as a fan, as as a, as a fan base, how did that go? How did has that transition been? Obviously, a few years there now. Tom and I have obviously had to sort of say goodbye to Highbury in our lifetimes mm. as well. It's not an easy thing to do, is it? Yeah, um, I was I was for it at the time. Um, I feel without wanting to go too much into that, I feel like there were. Um, certain things that were, I don't want to say promised, but certain things we were told that didn't quite live up. What I would also say as well, I think, I can't speak for all West Ham fans, but I think probably the last year, particularly the European run last year, has made it a little bit more um, home. I think like Seville at home last year in particular, you, you guys know as well when you move to the Emirates, you need to create memories. You know, you had all these memories at another place, you need to create moments and memories and couple of other times we had, but I think the Seville game would have ranked up against most things at Upton Park. And obviously, again, you guys all know as well, the great moments then also have 25,000 extra voices there, you know, and it does create a more uh, kind of intense feeling, I, I suppose, for lack of a better word. Mm. Um, all in all, like, I didn't appreciate... Please tell me if it's the same for you guys. I didn't appreciate how much I'd miss Upton Park until we left it. Um, but I, I, I still to this day see why the club did it. I think if you, it was kind of a one in a lifetime opportunity. I mean, the Olympics have been here once in 110 years for it to be built two miles from the ground. It would have been a strange thing for the club to not have been interested in, is my take on it. Yeah, and I think that's fair for Arsenal, certainly in hindsight. It's more difficult to sort of understand because I mean, you know, I'm sure if you, if you get the COO and the CIO, you know, CFO of Arsenal Football Club, they'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll be able to easily explain the monetary gains of moving. But when Arsenal left Highbury, we were the, one of the best teams in the country, one of the best teams in the world. We'd just got to the Champions League final, you know, two years earlier of what we'd gone unbeaten. And, you know, we were competing at the very level and we've not won a title at the Emirates, you know, and that's, and we've been in there for, 14, 15, 16 years, 2007 was the first year. Yeah. So it, it, it's still hard. It still wrangles. I think just about now, and we are talking 15 years later, it's starting to feel like our, our home proper. But I still think we need to go and win a, a league title there 
to properly feel like yeah this is this is home and I think that's I know it's quite an arrogant statement but Arsenal are a big club and we grew up watching us win league titles and until you do it in the new stadium you, I think we'll always think yeah it's not the same it's not as good. and also I think you know Daniel mentioned those those false promises at the time of that underlying feeling but I think that's something that we can relate to as Arsenal fans that when we left Highbury, you know, the, the the set the super club that we were going to become, sort of thing, and the big statements that came out from the board. But I think that's inevitable when you when you leave somewhere that's so special, there's going to be some cynicism, isn't there, about the new project because it's not it's not Upton Park, you know. No, um, but some some amazing some amazing nights at Upton Park for you, Daniel. I'm sure over the years is that was there one that stands out under the lights? Probably the last night. To be honest, I think it's probably the greatest game I'll ever go to. Um, what well, it was kind of like a film being played out in real life. You know, the last game is always a thing, but against like Manchester United under the lights, you know, kind mm. of those of I'm sure you guys and everyone listening will remember the people outside. And and I mentioned in the book that I was sat in a pub and I had no idea any of that was happening <laughs> until a lot of people sent me messages, which I put my head out of the door. I was like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> everyone in London's here. Um but it was just such a magic, magic night. And I think there's an argument, which again, I do say in the book, that it's almost, it's almost made the transition a little bit more of a problem. I kind of used the analogy. It was like spending like the night of your life with an ex and you knew you'd never see her again. Mm. Like mm. kind of, I won the, the last game was supposed to be at home to Swansea on the Saturday. We lost that 4-1. Mm. And you, uh, part of me still wonders to this day if that had been the last game, would people still be as resistant? Because every yeah, game was you mean. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's strange. Yeah, you know, it's not as special. It's a rose-tinted spectacle, isn't it? Of like, oh, I remember how special it was, and and actually, do you know what I mean? It's it's a football club, and football teams win games, they lose games. It doesn't really uh, change given the stadium you're in. It's just. Mm. Uh, you know, but you're, but you're right. I think you look back and it's a special, special place and uh, it's hard to leave on such a special moment. Um, in terms of the process, then you're, you're sitting down, you're writing, uh, you're, you're capturing these fantastic games across the fantastic years. Were you drawing inspiration from any other football books or anything else that you uh, that you, that you love to read? Is there a favourite book out there other than your own? So if, 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 if listeners <laughs> are going to go and buy a sports book after buying Dan Hurley's, which other ones should they be getting? Well, I'm a big fan of autobiographies. Um, I'm more of a more of a yeah non-fiction reader. Um, kind of always been that kind of guy that is like X walked into a bedroom and I'm like, well, there was no X and there's no bedroom, so you know that's just kind of where my brain works. The, the book that kind of got me into it, and if I'm honest, probably this book has been something that I've wanted to write since I was a, I was young, sort of 15, 16, like in terms of like chronicling my fandom. And it sounds like this is, um, I've prepared this answer because you both asked about Fever Pitch by Nick Hornby was kind of my inspiration for that, um, which I was bought quite young. I've probably read 15, 20 times. And it spoke to me as a young fan, even when I was sort of 14, 15, and I've been going then for six, seven years or whatever. Um, and it spoke to me even then as something that made sense to me. And kind of in my head, this book is kind of as near as I can. It's nowhere near as good, I'm going to be honest. I know I'm supposed to be only promoting it, but God, I'm not that good. I wish I was. I wouldn't be doing my normal job if I was. But um, but it spoke to me, or at least, sorry, this was my um, attempt at that mm. and kind of had the emotions you go through. And mm. It's just a wonderful book. And uh, yeah, various autobiographies, yeah, but that was kind of, the, it's all, 
from reading that, I always had the idea to write my own version as such. And I think this book is kind of that for me. Yeah, so. yeah you're not you're not alone there. I think, no, yeah. Yeah. Speaks yeah. to every football fan, doesn't it? I mean, I always say to anyone that hasn't seen the film Fit Fever Pitch or read the book or seen it on stage, you have to you have to experience that story. Doesn't matter who mm-hmm. you support, because it just speaks to everyone, doesn't it? Um, well, Colin Firth as, as the lead character still confuses me, but um, <laughs> other than that. So the, 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 lo, lo, one of the, my last question, Tom, I don't know if you've got one just to wrap up, but I wanted to ask you, the title of the book is that The Games That Made Us. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. How about The Players That Made Us? Uh, oh, if I had to go top three, I'll go top three just for the purpose of. Uh, De Canio is my favourite of all time. Uh, no one's ever been better for a short period of time than Dimitri Payet. And Declan Rice is the best crowd at the same players. Very nice. I love the very you know, three different players there as well. Like you say, the, the mercurial moments of a De Canio, the, the fans' favoritism, the level, like you said, of Payet. I mean, the guy's an absolute baller in terms of the level. Mm. And Declan Rice embodying everything about the club and also right at the, still at the pinnacle of the, of the game. And, you know, I'm sure you're hoping doesn't get a move away, but could well go and play for almost anywhere, can he? I really hope he doesn't. And I'm kind of trying to make daily peaks for the fact that he's going to. Well, I mean, I, yeah. And I mean, we are still being in that boat. Uh, the, okay, the last one for me, and it's uh, again putting you on the spot, but you've got a book of special games. Um, what was the most special game for you in that 30 years from a personal individual level? You like you said, you got the last game, at, you got the last one there. But was there one that you were at, whether that be at Upton Park or, or London Stadium, that that was special for you on a personal level as opposed to necessarily the impact on the club? Oh, that's a great question. Um, the last game, I'll, I'll answer differently because the last game is my favourite. I'll go over a mix of the FA Cup final because um, that was a childhood dream um, and really was for 92 of 93 minutes a perfect day. Um, and I'll go with, on a personal level, the game kind of kicks the book off, which is a really random game, which is, um, November 1992, beating Oxford 5-3 in the first division. Um, and I had no interest in football whatsoever. My dad was just making me go because he had no one else to go with at that point. <laughs> and um, I saw Julian Dix score two 30-yard screamers and I was hooked and didn't miss. I think I missed two home games in about 15 years after it. I think that's so a perfect... Without that, the book isn't read. I'm not yeah. sure I've spoken to my dad in about 15 years. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I think that's a perfect way to summarise what football does. And, and you know, the book is entitled The Games That Made Us. Go and read it, Dan Hurley. Um, but, you know, we, we look back on games and then they change our lives and they change our relationship with the club. So, uh, Dan, thank you for jumping on. Um, I really appreciate uh, it. Thank you. Uh, stay tuned listeners to HGO Football on all the socials and, and your podcast platforms. Um, there will be a chance to get your hands on a copy. But until then, keep on going by it obviously it's the most important thing um cheers all